0: how did Christianity play a part in getting a divorce? Oh my goodness.
1: Um, divorce was not something that I took lightly. Right. It was something that, um, it was a decision that I made that I struggled with. That was not an easy decision. Um, it was something that I prayed about. I fasted about, I really, really wanted to hear God. Like, I really wanted to hear God and I really wanted to do my intention was to do what God wanted me to do. Um, you know, divorce is such a taboo in the church. So it was, it was very, that was a very, very hard decision to make.
0: I made vows. I broke them. Hindsight. I didn't comprehend the gravity of the exchange of this solemn promise a vow before God and man. It's time to unpack these sacred words, so that I never take this oath lightly, ever again. I'm Laterra R. Whitfield, and this is the Marriage Vow Series on the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Laterra R. Whitfield. Hey, listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you are, come on, let's make a commitment and hit that (laughs) subscription button and subscribe. Man, I've been so excited as we've been unpacking these marriage vows. And um, we can't talk about the vows without talking about the moment that occurs in a lot of marriages where you decide to walk away from those vows. And so today we're going to talk about divorce. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, my homie. Samantha Lee. How you doing? I'm
1: doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great.
1: Good. So listen,
0: man, uh, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because if I know anything about you, you believe in keeping it lit.
1: Yes, I do. That's very true. Have you always been like that? No, I have not.
0: So you, you used to operate where you weren't as transparent?
1: Absolutely. I used to operate, and and the enemy used that. He used the ability or my inability to keep it 100, to be transparent, to be unapologetically bold. He used that to keep me stagnant in a lot of areas. So um, it's because of that that now I, I'm very intentional about living lit.
0: Man, let me tell you something. That's absolutely beautiful. You have an amazing program. Um, you do um, Alive on Mondays, Mm -hmm. uh, where you actually do Bible study. You call it Miracle Mondays. I
1: do. I do.
0: What made you decide to start doing that?
1: You know, when I was, um, it was during COVID and there was a time where I really felt like, I don't know. I felt like God was just pulling me in a direction of like, I want you to know me. For me, right. not through anybody else, not through me understanding scripture through a, a podcast. Cause I was very uh, heavily reliant upon others interpretation of scripture. Right. And so God wanted, had called me at that time to like, you need to be on about, you need to not for me to do it. I didn't think he wanted me to do it. He wanted, I thought he wanted me to be involved with one. So I started looking for, I actually posted it. I said, does anybody have an online Bible study that I could attend? And people wrote me back overwhelmingly was like, if you do a Bible study, I'm going to attend. Wow. So they actually, that's how it started. And I was like, okay, who should I do this with? And the first person that came to mind was Pastor Kim, Real Talk Kim.
0: Real Talk Kim. Shout out to her. She's built such an amazing platform over the years. She's an amazing uh, woman. Yeah. So you got her to, to 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 join you on this. Listen,
1: I told I wrote her and I was fully expecting her to say no. Yeah. And she wrote back so quickly and was like, "I am so down. Tell me when we, tell me when to go." Wow. Tell me when to go and we started that next Monday.
0: And then how long did y'all do that?
1: Um, her and I did the podcast to uh, the podcast. We did the, the online Miracle Mondays together from then I think until December, or not not even December, might've been like the beginning of the fall of that year. So we we probably did it together for seven months, um, but I've been doing it since March of 2020. So, um, or yeah, March yeah. of 2020. So I've been doing it now. I'm going on two years.
0: And then you have, I am her. I was her. I was her, because you say, I, you ain't that no more. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> I'm saying, See, look, I I started a show called "I Was Her," something that I've been thinking about for years. In fact, years, 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 years ago, my IG name was "I Was Her." Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Fun fact. Yeah. This <laughs> is like. This is like. It's probably like seven years ago. And I was obviously not, I was not healed. I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere where I need to be. But anyway, I still felt like even then I was a better version of me than <laughs> the, I was before. <laughs> and so I wanted to, 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 I always had it on my heart, but on my heart for a long time. And I just did. I was her. That was the show. And it's about women writing in people, writing in sharing their experiences. And I normalize those things because I think we live in a culture that really puts on a show.
0: Yes, we do.
1: Um, and that doesn't heal people. Right, And so um, I really wanted to start something where I could be honest about where I come from, what I've been through, what I've walked through, and how I walk through it to heal and free somebody else, hopefully.
0: Powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, like we said, this episode is called Divorce. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a touchy subject. Now, one thing that I've made you a promise, because I know all too well uh, the travails of going through a divorce and your divorce isn't final. So you're still going through the process. So I'm, I'm making you a promise that I'm going to make sure that you are protected in this episode. I don't want you talking about anything that may be used against you in your divorce proceedings. And um, just want to pray that God covers you as you go through this journey of litness and, um, and uh, just, just, just protection. Because I understand how the enemy is. He'll, he'll take one little thing you may say and, run amok with it, but I I, I want you to feel that you're in a safe space and we're going to talk and chop it up. And one thing I'm not going to ask you uh, specifically about your divorce, because that's one thing that I don't even talk about in my, you know, for myself, I Mm. don't talk about the specifics that led to my divorce uh, just for protection of of the other party. Right. But um, I do want to talk about your state of mind. I want to talk about uh, what made you decide to get a divorce um, and The emotional place that you were in and all that good stuff. So do I have your um, commitment to keep it lit today?
1: I will keep it lit as in, Lord, control my mouth, Lord, because you (laughs) already know how I am. I just talk and get to talking, but Lord, control me, Jesus. (laughs) You heard Um, of Jesus. Yes, Lord. But yes, I will keep it as transparent as possible. Well, there's no secret
0: that you were married to uh, a celebrity. Um, Have you ever thought of, did you ever think that you would be married to a celebrity?
1: no I in fact you know it's so crazy when I was I was going to high school right and I was insecure and stuff like that was, there was a boy on the bus that I used to sit next to I had a crush on him and he said you're gonna marry you're gonna marry um somebody in the industry or somebody famous or whatever and I said no I'm not like because I'm from a, I was I'm from like at that time I'm from Kula, Georgia." You know what I'm saying? I've been said living in Decula, Georgia. <laughs> Decula, Georgia. I went to I went to Decula Middle, <laughs> Mill Creek High School, and then I graduated from UGA, and, and I went to UGA twice. I'm a double dog, and um, go dogs, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but I I I that happened. Oh, yeah. let me stop moving. Um, you can move, just move the I, microphone. I, with oh, you. Okay. Yeah, if you want to move, just do
0: this. If you want to, if you want to move, you want to slide back. You want to move around? Oh, yeah, just grab the microphone. You know what I'm saying? I'm not used to that. Okay, well, anyway,
1: grabbed it. So, anyway, that that was said to me. I was like, "That's crazy. That's weird. No, that won't happen. Whatever." So I moved. Like later on in my life, this randomly happened to me. Like I never, ever in a million years thought I would ever marry somebody in the industry. No, never. Hmm. Never.
0: So how many years, uh, were you married?
1: I was, we were together for five years. We were married for four, four years. Mm-hmm.
0: When you got married, did you ever foresee? Cause sometimes people get married and they see an end in sight mm-hmm. when you got married, did you get married and say, I'm going to be married until death do us part?
1: Absolutely. I absolutely thought that I would be married forever with this person.
0: You're a Christian, right? Yes. Have you always been a Christian? No. As far far back When did did, did you give your life When you go back to this moment Of when you accepted Christ As your personal Lord and Savior And you knew what you was doing At what age were you
1: 21
0: You were 21 Mm -hmm. And so How did Christianity Play a part in Getting a divorce
1: Oh my goodness Um, Divorce was not something That I took lightly Right. It was something that Um, it was a decision that I made that I struggled with. That was not an easy decision. Um, it was something that I prayed about. I fasted about, I really, really wanted to hear God. Like I really wanted to hear God and I really wanted to do my intention was to do what God wanted me to do. Um, you know, divorce is such a taboo in the church. So it was, it was very, that was a very, very hard decision to make.
0: Did you get um Did you get outside advice like um um from a therapist standpoint, like therapy? Did you get any type of accountability, people in the faith, ministers or pastors or first ladies or whatever that helped walk you through making this decision?
1: Yes, I can. I have had a therapist the whole time throughout my entire um, relationship. I've always done my individual work, um, and I've been doing that for eight years now. But eight years. Um, in, in addition to doing my individual work, um, yeah, I've seen, we've seen, you know, marital therapists that were involved. We have friends and, you know, pastoral leadership and all that. Yeah. They were, all of that was involved in the decision-making and me consulting with those people and wanting so badly to do what God wanted me to do so badly.
0: Did you feel like a failure once you decided to make a divorce or well, to get a divorce that you feel like that you were giving up too soon or did you feel like, or did you have peace about your decision?
1: I struggled. I I struggled with my decision. Um, you know, I have a, I have a child. Right. And so it's, it's just one of those things that it was, it was not an easy decision. Even when I made it, I was like, you know, there was times where I would definitely question whether I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing, just because what I've, what I've been taught about divorce.
0: What have you been taught about divorce?
1: You should never do it. That just shouldn't happen.
0: And, and you know it's crazy. They say you should never do it. Do they ever tell you reasons why you should do it?
1: Um, no. I, I well, you know, there were certain circumstances where people were like. You know, when I when I would say certain things, they'd be like, well, you know, what the qualifiers were even with cheating, it wasn't a,
0: a divorceable, uh, a, a
1: divorceable offense. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not saying that that was my reasoning. Right, I just right. from what I understood from the church, it was like, you know, there was there really was a it was a catch for all It was always that vow that like till death do you part and. You know, it really doesn't. The in between, no unless, one talks about. Yeah, unless somebody's like, you know, beating you up. Yeah, you know, that's the only. That would be the only recourse to 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 go that yeah. route. Yeah,
0: and 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 see, and that's what we've been unpacking on the marriage vow series: is what does for better or worse look like? Right. You know, um, what is all in that? Because you hear about couples who survived infidelity. You hear couples who survived uh, the the other party having a drug addiction. You hear right. about parties who survive people having a gambling addiction. They sure. lose everything and yep. all this crazy stuff. And so even when I think back on my past marriage, I go, wow. You know, and I talked about this in the episode with David and Tamla. I said, I felt like a failure because I said, I know in order for y'all to get to 30 years and all that other stuff that y'all went through some stuff. Yes. Um, but then- people can't really understand this or accept this because I see a lot of comments under my YouTube channel where they say, well, why don't you go back to your ex-wife? Why don't you go back to your Mm ex-wife? And I go and I always tell them, I say, I can't tell you the whole stories, but this is the best option. This is what was supposed to be. Well, I mean, I just think God doesn't this. And then they'll come and, you know, hit you with some scriptures or whatnot. And I'm going, listen, I'm a grown man. Trust Mm -hmm. me. As I've been healing and doing all the stuff, certainly I would know if that's the person I'm supposed to be with. Right. And I hear about people who go back to their 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 spouses and right. do it second times around, but this that's that's not my testimony. Right. Um and so do you feel like you've felt pressure from the church or from the world saying that Sam, you gave up too soon.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a lot of that. I mean, a lot of that. And I understood why, Yeah, you know, and I, I, I have to say that to anybody. I feel like anything is redeemable. I don't think anything is beyond God fixing God, working out God, doing a, a work. I've seen it happen in so many different marriages. So I would always encourage somebody to fight for their marriage. Absolutely. Fight for it. Fight for it as long as you can. Right. Um, but there's one of those things, even in therapy where they say, where well, you go to a stalemate. Yes. Talked about this earlier where there's like, you know, you're just at a place of how, where do we, how do we move? And we, I learned about it in therapy, um, when I was becoming a therapist right, about this, um, place where you just kind of, you don't really know you're there. There's a, both parties, wherever their line is, both parties are not moving. And right. so it's like, we're kind of just here and somebody has to move for it to work. But if both parties are at a place of like, we're here, then you know you have to make decisions. And so um, I think that for me, um, I think for a while, I'll be honest with you, in the beginning, I was I was very ambivalent because I was so hurt. You know, yes. there was a lot that would, had happened. You know, and I was, you know, that was just that. But I think that there was a level of I struggled with unforgiveness my whole life. Mm. So it wasn't just like that situation. Was but compounded
0: I compounded with all the past.
1: Oh, man. There's so many. I was... Taught to hold a grudge. My family—that's how. That's how we moved. We we moved in anger, yeah. in, in sense of like, okay, if I'm mad with you, I'm mad with you forever. Yeah. There is no way that we're. I mean, we could go this whole course of our life and never speak because of one situation, and that is what I was taught. Yeah. Um. Or that was what we re- was reinforced. Yeah. Um. And so I I think that I struggled a lot with my heart being cold and not cold because God wanted to be cold. Cause God, God doesn't want your heart to be cold. Right. It was just a level of forgiveness that I had to reach. Um, just with not only that situation with all different kinds of situations where God showed me like, this is how I want you to forgive yes. and forgive wholeheartedly. And I realized I had built up such a fence in my life or in this situation that I couldn't even see that person anymore. Like, I couldn't even see them because I there was so much hurt in things that I just, I collected, that I carried. And once I kind of, you know, kind of with God, just kind of resolved a lot of things, then I, I really did come to a place of questioning whether I made the right decision or not. Because I had truly forgiven and get forgiven the way that God had has called me to forgive, called us all to forgive.
0: Mm. So after you went through that transition, you said that you got... Basically, you elevated your level of forgiveness, yes, and it yes, made you absolutely. actually question whether or not you were doing the right thing and getting yeah, a divorce?
1: right. It did. Because I, I think that I felt again, and I hadn't felt Ooh. in a long time.
0: Gosh, that's so good. I want people to receive that right there. That's pretty deep. I had That's felt. pretty deep. Because when you're operating in a place of numbness, then you just you just moving moving. um but then the other part about is that when you find yourself feeling again and you're still willing to make that same decision that 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 same decision then you're making a decision from a healed place a
1: healed place that's good and
0: that's what i like i like the fact that now if you just got mad and you said forget it i'm getting a divorce and i'm done then then you need to do some work but if you say after i did this it may even feel like i should forgive and counsel all this stuff But then you got along with God and said, you know what? This is still, I mean, that's what happened, right? Yeah. You you got to this place where you said, hey, this is still the best option. Mm -hmm. And um, do you get support from that decision? Like family members or whatever say you're doing what's best because Sam, we know you, the world may not see, or may not have witnessed the idiosyncrasies that went on in your marriage, but they see it. And sometimes when you see, your, your loved one now begin to glow differently or, or or smile more now they go gosh that that marriage is a huge weight and an anchor on your leg have you had that testimony
1: yeah I feel with my family absolutely you know i've had i've had a lot of i've had a super strong support system so that's been an amazing thing personally for me you know i i i'm one of those people that um i develop really close ties to people when I have friendships for long periods of time. And so those people, you know, for better or for worse, whether I decided to go this way or get that way, they were going to rock with me no matter what. And they just trusted that my decision-making, that if I was making this decision, I was was making it in a healed place, that this was the best decision for me. And they respect that no matter which way that was or which way it goes.
0: So so they would have, that's good. That's good that you said they respect you enough to know that if you stay, they rocking with you. If you leave, they rocking with you. Right.
1: Right. They were going to either way they were going to, they were going to have my back. And that made me feel really good because it really did give me the freedom to make the best decision for me versus feeling like the people that I love and are closest to me were, they were, you know, vying for one specific way to, to go about this. And you're feeling like, well, I got this family pressure to do this or I got this friend pressure to do this and I don't want to disappoint them. My family and my friends and my support system was very much like we know that this is a hard decision. We know that you're 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 battling a lot of different things. So you have to make the best decision for you. We gonna love you either way.
0: We have some interesting discussions and. (laughs) and, uh, I think that people need context around this. Uh huh what made you marry this individual to start off with
1: i married i married him because he you know he was the most intentional man i had ever met i mean he was very clear you know we went on a our first date he was like you're the one we are going to get married we're going to have kids you're going to bounce back we're going to do the, you know and i was like man i never met a man that just came in yes. from a place of like you know i've been praying i've been nesting i've been preparing for my wife and you know you fit all you check off all the boxes i've been dating for a while i've seen a lot of things and you just meet every single criteria here and i was like wow you know i hadn't hadn't i hadn't ever uh experienced something like that And so I remember at the time I had really gotten into my spiritual relationship with God. And I was like, you know, he was, he was trying to be my teammate. He was, he had my back in certain situations. I wanted a teammate. I wanted somebody who had my back. I wanted somebody who was going to ride with me and we was going to get, and that's what that, that's how that situation was for me. And it was very like, even, you know, even no matter what has happened, that person was my teammate yeah you know and we we, you know, we had issues and stuff like that but no matter what that's one thing I'll say is that having my back remained um and I you know I kind of in the beginning for me that was something that I really strongly and even as I move along even as I you know when I, w- I want to get married again I want to have yeah. um uh, uh, more children and do do that but I I I want somebody that's my teammate. And I felt that the strongest with him at that time. You know,
0: that's powerful because oftentimes we can talk about the negative things about a relationship and be like, Oh, this person is trash. This person is this or whatever. But you married that person and you married that person for a reason. So they had to do something right. Or they had you at gunpoint and walked you down the altar and said, marry me. So they did something that captivated your heart. And so even when you and I had discussions about this, I was like, that's powerful. I said, I, I give that brother a round of applause because yeah. I, I, I support any brother that's extremely intentional Stringly. about what he desires, how he pursues the woman. And and when you said, I've never been pursued never. by any other man greater than this brother, never. I said, hats off to my brother. Yeah. Because that's what it looks like to court a queen, you know, yeah. uh, and you share a lot of amazing things that he did. Uh, and I was like, what? I said, well, shoot, well, shoot, I, I don't blame you. You know what I'm saying? I don't blame you wait a minute. Didn't I say that? I said, well, yeah. I, well, I would have married him I would have married him too, god dang it, shoot. I'd be like, god dang, this dope joke is, is, is dope, just as. Because I love it when people, when men are intentional. I it, love
1: that. You because, don't understand. We need more of that.
0: Because a lot of people always say these right. men live in these gray areas where you don't know what you got. Whether exactly. you're in a relationship or not. You don't know if you're in a situation ship. You don't know if y'all dating. Exactly. You, you don't know nothing. They just be right. like, you know what I'm saying? We just we just vibing. Right. You know what I'm saying? We just vibing. We just
1: going to see where this goes. I mean, you know, if it goes this way, then that's cool. If it go that way, then that's cool, too. I mean, I'm just open for whatever. It's like, Lord, like... You know, I, I be offense, Lord, because I, I need. I, I like a man that's intent. I like a man that knows. What well, he wants. I have a strong personality, so for someone, I can tell
0: Sam. I can't tell you have a strong personality.
1: Well, you know, I hide it really well. You know? <laughs> I try to, you know, clean it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, say, but I would say. That like I have a strong personality. So for someone to come in with such a strong, he has he has a very strong presence and I respect I respect him. I respected him so much. I was like, okay, you know what? I could, he could lead. I trust his lead. (gasps) I could trust, I could submit myself to his leadership because I seen the way he's conducted himself. My my decision making in that was probably the most non-feeling based decision it was like okay based upon what I've seen at this point I've I trust him to be the head of my household and that really I mean I and, and I really did I really trusted his decision maker I trusted where he was gonna where you know where he was and where I was and you know it, it made me you know decide I was gonna leave the the job I was at Um, To be, you know, with this man and pursue his dreams with him and and I was going to be his helpmate and I was going to ride that ride with him. Um, You know, so I that I you have to talk about the beautiful things, because I think um, during the journey, even during the journey of my healing, I've had to. Um, this young lady in my one of my power-up groups, shout-out to Power Up, my yeah, online support is, group.
0: Yes, Power, power up.
1: up. man. Um, man. And those group of ladies, they don't even realize how much they've helped me in my journey of uh, healing and getting to a place of whole. But there was a woman on there. Um, shout-out to you, Erica. Um, yeah, Erica. But there was a woman on there that basically said to me, you know, she showed me her wall and she showed me the wall of people that she prayed for. And then she showed me a wall of people that she struggled to forgive. And I didn't even realize that I struggled with forgiveness at that time. Like I really didn't. Um, but we were fasting as a group and she showed me the wall of forgiveness. And she said, when you struggle with somebody that you're forgiving underneath what, who you want to forgive, she put underneath under there. Why did you, why do you love them? What is it about them that you love? She's like, because to forgive, you have to come from a place of love. If you're forgiving from a place of not loving, you're not really doing it the way that God does it or the way that he's called you to do it. Erica, Lord Jesus. I know. And so she challenged all of us to create a wall of people that, whether it was siblings, parents, whether it was unhealed friendships or whatever that was to forgive, but forgive from a place of love. Like I loved you because of X, Y, and Z. And I don't take that back. Of course, As we move along in our journey, maybe that doesn't come together right now or never does. But I can say still from a place of love that I forgive you because I, there, there are beautiful things about you. And sometimes we can get so lost in the negatives. We can get so lost in the places of hurt and, and bitterness that we don't even feel love anymore. And God calls us, God forgives and shout out to Pastor Mark Todd. God forgives from a plate. He forgives us with the same metric that we forgive others. So if we struggle with unforgiveness in one area, he then mirrors that to us. He talks about that in his word. And I was challenged by that because I think that I, there's ways that I've grown from really forgiving and trying to forgive and, and keeping that in mind as things come along that I should forgive in that way. And, um, it's been a it's been an amazing journey, but that's why I feel as though that I can speak from a place of love in that in that situation.
0: Have you ever told him that you forgave him? Yeah. How do you receive it?
1: Not well. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, this, so let me say. I think I'm still unforgiven, <laughs> but but you asked, you did. I, just, listen, you it didn't. was it was him and somebody else, and I forget. That same time, <laughs> around Easter, I was like, I am, I have, I have, have oh sorry, <laughs> I have forgiven, and. And this is I'm letting this completely go. There is no, no ill will. That doesn't necessarily mean we got to be Bessies. We got to do this. We got to do that. But I have forgiven, and I am open. You know, I'm at an open posture, and I'm really walking and trying to walk in love. Yeah,
0: Why my is clanging on the my on clanging. The, I'm clanging on the table. It's Hispanic a, so, of me.
1: It, <laughs> Sorry, it's real Hispanic. <laughs> Cleanly, completely we got the yeah. You know, be dangerous.
0: So you said that. Um, so it was two people. The other person received the forgiveness. No. Okay. Well, they didn't either. Okay.
1: Um, well, but right. it's okay though. I forgave, <laughs> and that's all that guy's That's God sees the heart.
0: <laughs> you sees did. the heart. You you had your assignment. You knew your assignment. I,
1: right? And that's what you know what. Yeah. But I'll say this, and that kind of made me excited. What God has showed me in this is that I'm walking in obedience. Yeah. So no matter whether or not that person receives it the way I want them to receive it, whether I, I decide that they, they're going to be this or they're going to be that, I have had, I have let go of all expectations of a, a human being's behavior in response to whatever God has called me to do. There it because is. sometimes we do things with expectation that something is going, like I'm going to get something from this. Yep. And that's not really walking in obedience, that's walking in expectation and hope and trust in what that person will do versus what God has called you to do so whether or not that it ever amounted to that i think that i think that god was teaching me in that situation that you're doing this because i told you to you may not see it manifest you don't know why you did it you don't know why you said that but but i'm gonna use that so even if that person doesn't react to it the way i want them to or receive it the way i want them to i'm doing it knowing that i'm doing it for god and he's good with me
0: Ah. Oh, if we all could understand that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, we got to understand that. Well, what really resonated with me is the fact that you were talking about what Erica said, that to forgive from a place of love.
1: Yes. Forgiving from a place of love. So remembering when you're trying to forgive somebody, remember what why you love that person. Like, what was it about that person that you loved? And then like thinking and, and she said, take a moment to think about those things. Think about those times. Think about those those situations that were beautiful and then then going from a place of like you know i loved you for x y and z and and i gotta give you that but and i'm gonna i'm gonna release this not because i feel like i have to because god told me to but i'm going to forgive you because i do love you because god is love
0: let me tell you something that made the scripture illuminate to me that For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. That scripture from a place of forgiveness because Mm -hmm. he said he so loved... Mm -hmm. the world, we were operating in sin. So in order for us to come into redemption of our sins, uh, which means he has to forgive us once we get under redemption Mm -hmm. is that he gave, but he gave out of love in order to get to a place of forgiveness and redemption. And so I've never even heard that scripture come alive to me in that fashion to even say, because we say, well, God so loved the world. He loved me so much that he died for us, but he loved you so much that he had to put his son in front of our sin in order to bring us in restoration mm-hmm. to him. And it's like, you know what? That's, that's powerful. Cause I've never thought about, I love you. So I'm gonna forgive you is, right. is, is. And well, when I think of that, that's because I love you and I forgive you. and We're going to stay together, but I exactly. love yeah, I love you. I'm gonna forgive you. And we're going to stay together. Not, I love you. I forgive
1: mm-hmm. you. Bye. That's right. That's that. And that's a thing I, I, that is, it's amazing that you say that because a lot of people cannot separate that at all. It's like, I love you. I forgive you, but that doesn't necessarily mean we need to be together. Yes. I, we can, you can walk your journey. I can walk my journey yeah. and we're still walking in love, but we may not be walking in love together, Yeah. you know, and that's okay. But I, you holding anything in your heart against somebody else is going against what God has called us how God has called us to walk. I have a tattoo on me and it says, it's first John four 19, It says, I love because he first loved me. And that resonates with me. I could cry right now because the only reason why I love and love at a, on a pure level is because he chose to still love me
0: in spite of everything,
1: in spite of everything that I do have done and continue to do.
0: Mm. So why'd you get that tattoo? What, what happened? What moment resonated with you when you said, you know what, God, I want to, I want to stamp this on my, my body part.
1: You know, it was so funny because I did not get it in a place of really being a smart, intelligent person. That was actually a, it wasn't a bad decision. I actually don't regret it at all. It's a beautiful tattoo. Um, but it's like, it was one, it was one of those things that were really, God was taking the wheel, even in my, my my own stuff because i got the tattoo just to get the tattoo and i looked up a verse that i like kind of liked in <laughs> and, and i was like well i really want a tattoo an arabic symbol of love and peace that's what i really wanted and i was like well what verse matches that oh i love because he first loved me i'm gonna put that on my back not even realizing that years later how much that will resonate with me didn't even know it
0: so you put that on there before you were walking this strong
1: yes really yes a scripture. Yes, I. I most of my stuff has been. I mean, oh <laughs> well, yeah, mm-hmm. my, most of the stuff I tatted on me is a scripture, uh, but you know, I, the, there's one big one on my back that I really regret because that one, was, like, I mean, it's cool looking, but it's it's not. It, I thought it would say something in Asian in, in Chinese that it doesn't say, and so um, I actually <laughs> I I googled the symbol and it was it did not mean that, um, but it's okay, Lord, we were. De- so i put dirt de- de- <laughs> i put uh deuteronomy i think it's 31 6 as fear not for god will never leave me nor forsake me i put that on my back i was i was 18 years old or 19 years old. i was 18 or 19 years old i was not walking with the lord strongly at that time <laughs> uh, god was still working on sam but i still tattooed that on me um and so yeah hey, you said the arabic symbol what does it mean Love and peace. It's the Arabic symbol of love and peace. It actually means that.
0: Okay, I thought you said it didn't mean what you thought it meant. No, no, the Asian one. The Asian one means what? The Asian
1: symbol that I had that was supposed to be the Chinese symbol for courage. That's what I thought it meant. That's what I thought the word, that's what the symbol was supposed to be. It doesn't mean that. I've talked with multiple different Asian people. people from different Asian descents and um, they've they've confirmed that it doesn't mean anything in any of those languages. <laughs> and so um, I've just <laughs> had to reconcile that within myself. <laughs> God knew my heart. But I, but I, it don't mean anything. It, <laughs> don't, it don't mean anything in any Asian descent it just of like any Asian background. It's just a decoration. It is At this point, it just looks cool. You know, it just looks good. Um, oh God. But. You said you confirmed with a whole bunch of different. I, I've asked multiple people. They said
0: it, it means nothing. I've tried
1: to cite my sources and there was no source. And that is why it's <laughs> important to cite your sources. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you fact check. Don't just believe what somebody tells you when they tell you it.
0: And then get it tattooed
1: And on get it your- tattooed on you permanently. It is the biggest tattoo I have on my body. And so nonetheless it has nothing to do with anything. Um yeah. <laughs> it's it, it is the biggest It is the biggest one I have on my body. That is a fact. It means nothing. It like, it means nothing.
0: You like getting tattoos? I do. Were you a type that would get like your your lover tattooed on you?
1: I did. It <laughs> was my lover was my husband though.
0: Yeah, so you got you got name tattooed on you?
1: I had, you look at me concerned. <laughs> I did have um, his initials on me. Yes.
0: Okay, just initials.
1: Just initials, yes.
0: I always wonder about that. Now, when it's a, when it's a spouse, <laughs> when it's a spouse, I understand. I guess I would never tattoo nobody's name on me. I feel like I can remember it. But, <laughs> but but when people get stuff tattooed and like especially when you see people dating each other and they get oh, no, tattooed. No, no, no.
1: Absolutely I be, not. I'd like, why did you do that? I was not and then the thing is I, I don't regret it. It wasn't a bad decision was well, your a husband, t- so you feel like, you know, absolutely the yeah. I, I, that's to show you that I absolutely was riding with you. Riding with you to yeah. death through his part. Absolutely. Yeah, That's permanent. All intentions of doing that, absolutely.
0: And then what you do with that tattoo?
1: Um, I covered it up <laughs> with the olive tr- branch and my daughter's initial.
0: What does the olive branch stand for?
1: Um, I think the olive branch uh, means like peace, and doesn't it mean like peace and? Um, oh, was it right? No, it was like restoration. I thought something. It meant something. Well, about when restoration. They, when Jesus
0: walking, they threw the olive branch. Uh, dang, I just drew a blank of what that actually stands for.
1: I, I um, can Google it but I'm yeah. not gonna do it. But there's a definitely, there's definitely a there's a mean, definitely a Yeah, meaning there's, there's meaning between the olive branch for sure. So, and then okay. my, my daughters. The daughters
0: one, That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So when you thought about your daughter, and we touched on this where you see a lot of couples going through divorce and they have kids. Mm-hmm. Kids can and you gosh, you hear this so many times. that sometimes people I uh, have friends who stayed in a marriage longer than what the kids would, you know desire for them to stay, Mm. but most parents stay in the marriage for the protection of the kid. Or so the kid grows, uh, doesn't grow up without the other, uh, parent, but then you hear kids, they say, gosh, I wish you would have left them a whole lot sooner. Mm. But so when you think about what, what factor did your kid play into deciding to get a divorce, you know, negative or positive, were you like, man, I'm gonna stay or whatever, because we have this kid together or whatnot.
1: Um, It absolutely was a huge factor for me, um, in making my decision. It really was. It was a huge factor for me. Um, and I think anybody that's, you know, in, in, in a situation like that, you have to really consider. And Soraya has such a great relationship with her father. Like, you know, that was something that really, you know, I, I never wanted anything that I would do to get in the way of that. Yes. Because my father's um, uh, and I, I mean, I say that even now, like on my platform, like if women, if you have um, there's men in your life that you have children with, like don't get in the way yeah. of their ability to be a parent. If they desire to be a parent and they're healthy yes. and they're not a, they're causing harm to your child, then by all means, don't get in the way of that relationship because of your own brokenness, because of your own bitterness or unforgiveness. Don't don't put that on your child because that they suffer. And, um, I, I definitely, you know, at all all points, my, my dad and my stepdad have been, I mean, so instrumental into who I've become and who I've grown into as a woman. I would never, I mean, I, I definitely took her into consideration
0: Mm. and how has she been, uh, progressing through this? Feel like it's she's she's good.
1: I think she's doing pretty well. I mean, you know, she's a she's a three major now, so yeah. you know, it's it's she's, she's a three major. They call it a three major. She's um she's hit the three clubs, and so you know, she's throwing her little tantrums, and we having little moments, but nothing nothing unusual.
0: So how does you cause like you're a therapist? Yes, I am. So how does that play a factor? Like, what did you do, and maybe people could you know take some um, advice? Like, what did you do as far as talk to your 3 year old um when they were 2 about hey daddy is not going to be living with us anymore.
1: Well, you know I didn't I didn't have that like conversation with her, you know, at her age she wouldn't she wouldn't cognitively understand what I'm saying anyway. So, you know, it was more or less of a situation where you know, I I mean we we made dis- made decisions and I I made it very very clear that you know there will be a father I will not take her away from her father you know right. that was not my desire and so I I've been an active participant in really trying to create a healthy co-parenting relationship so that she doesn't miss a beat on either side now he works you know he's a, he works and yeah. he travels but um you know so it that that kind of gets in the way at times but otherwise than that and that's not a negative it's just yeah it's just life yeah but it you know Otherwise than that, I just really try to make an effort to to make sure that she has that connection with him.
0: So what what advice would you tell people? You would say, hey, listen, What with kids, maybe if it's a kid that can't understand, like five years old, what would you say that they should tell their kid at five years old?
1: I mean, five is a, is a young age and is a tender age, but is an age that we – when you talk about memories, when you're yeah. in your twenties and stuff, you remember five, you don't really remember under five most no. times, unless it's trauma. Yeah, And so, um, or not all in all circumstances, but a lot of times it's, it's trauma related if it's under five. So when it comes to like five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, it's a, a completely delicate situation because they are old enough to know that my parents have been together. This is what I've seen. And so it is important. I think for both parents, that sit down and i think even involving a child therapist somebody that can yeah. help with transitions um or that transition or seeing that child for you know maybe you know 12 yeah. 12 to 18 sessions and just making sure that you know that it's being handled appropriately because you you do you really really do want to be um cognizant of how they're processing and how yeah. they're t- dealing with it because it may not show or manifest in a way that like they're telling you like a teenager can tell you, you know, someone like over 10, I say the double digits, they they're able to be able to tell you like, Hey, I'm having an issue with this or I don't like that. Even nine, eight, seven, they can tell you, they can have conversation with you. But when you're having a a younger child that can understand, but can't, you really want to involve a professional in that. And just being able, if you, if you can, and being super supportive and making sure that I think in no matter who you are, making sure that both parents are still active and involved.
0: What does the future look like for you as far as your love life? Do you see yourself ever remarrying?
1: Yeah, I definitely see myself. I'm somebody's wife.
0: I am somebody's wife. Y'all heard her? Period. She Period. I am somebody. I am somebody's
1: wife. Am somebody's wife okay. Period. Um, I am somebody's wife, and I know that I'm trusting in whatever. I know that God has His best for me, and so I trust that. I trust that with all my heart, and so. I want more children. I want to be married. I want to have, you know, work and fight for my family. You know, I want, I want those things. I want, I didn't, you know, I liked the idea of being married. I mean, I really did, you know? And I think that there's a lot of growing that I've done on the other side of it that I'm continuing to grow and mature and become. Um, But I'm really excited for my future and what I know God has for me.
0: We talk about, you hear a lot of people after going through a divorce, um some people get married like shortly after Mm. do you feel like that's something that will happen to you if you found that if god purposed this person in your life or would you are would you do you think that your experience would dictate the end result and say no we're gonna have to date each other through some seasons we got to go through our our winter summer spring and fall uh at least give us about a year or two years or whatever would you start trying to control the, the journey of love.
1: I think that, you know, I've definitely said publicly multiple times that I'll have to see somebody through um, eight seasons. I've eight? said that. I said eight. I did. Two years. Two years. I have to see you. I've said that, okay? But when you put the God <laughs> thing in there, all right? Because <laughs> you're a
0: woman of faith. That's I, I am gotta, a woman gotta, of faith. So I got to put that on you.
1: I, I am a woman of faith. So I would say that if it was a situation where like, okay, God is like, this is where... I'm supposed to be, I'm not going to go against God for my timeline. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not so married to my timeline that I'm not going to abide by his.
0: Mm. I'm not so married to my timeline that I won't abide by his. That's a, that's a, that's a tweetable moment right there. Well, thank you. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. You need to make a meme out of that <laughs> because we do do that. Like we'd be like, nope, you know, especially after you have come through a marriage, then we think that we've become the professor of what, the hierarchy and the timelines and how marriage should be and all that and not come from a space of, uh, vulnerability and say, God, you know, um, yes, this marriage, I experienced some breaking in this marriage, but it didn't break me. Right. And breaking is great because breaking opens up your heart to Mm. a receive more of God or Mm -hmm. more of the enemy. But, uh, clearly through your breaking point you allow god to come fill it up with more of him because i see it when you do all your ig stuff it's just nothing but god in this thing and i was like look at old sam over here worshiping the lord all on ig you know the first video ever, yeah unapologetically uh do you reckon do you realize how you and i met
1: yes i know how we met
0: yeah you, so want, the, heard, you
1: want me to tell you the story
0: yeah tell the story tell the story because I, I only got one other side of all right it. i got the side and go ahead.
1: So, okay. So i again, plug power up. Yeah. So I was on, you know, my app or whatever power up and we share different things. And so one of the ladies actually put in, I don't know if I told you this, no. put in a video and said, y'all need to watch this. And it was a video, the interview with you and Jessica Reedy. Oh. She said for everybody to watch this on my, my thing. Same young lady Erica actually shout out to you. Oh Erica. Um so um we wa- I watched it I that day you know we now we 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 put a lot of things in our chat but that was one thing that I watched and I was like wow you know I I first off I thought the world of you I thought the world of her I love what she shared her transparency I and I thought the questions that you asked her really brought um a lot out. Um, that I received at the, like for me, like, yeah. you know, the journey to her, you know, fully loving herself, all yeah. aspects of herself, how she talks about, I love my shoulder, rubbing her <laughs> shoulder, put yeah. lotion on her. like, I was like, wow, I really, I watched that interview three times. Mm. Um, and then after that, you know, I watched, um, I watched the Christian keys interview and then I watched. Um from there I just let it keep playing. Yeah. And I was I was just For me, I became a fan. So I started following you. I subscribed. I didn't, you know, I wasn't shacking up. I subscribed.
0: Thank you. Amen.
1: And so I. Lord use
0: you. Lord use
1: you. You know. (laughs) So I did that. And I just, like, from there, I was like, man, I would love to do something like this. And you spoke that. I did on a live. live, On a live. I did. I I was one night. I'm just, like, talking. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I really like. Y'all have. Have y'all watched Dear Future Wifey podcast? Y'all need to watch Dear Future Wifey podcast because I want to be on there. I want to be a guest on the show. And and somebody was like, I guess somebody was, connect, was connected with you. Somebody
0: was watching you live. Uh, my friend Patrice, shout out to Patrice. Uh Patrice you real Clark. one, Patrice. Yeah, Patrice Clark, <laughs> shout out to you. She's been supporting this thing since day one. I met her from my podcast because she was watching it and she'll leave some very thought provoking comments on YouTube. And so she texted me. She said, Lataris, she said... Um, Sam wants to be on your podcast I said Sam who he said, uh, Samantha Lee and I was like huh and she said I sent you the link look at it and I clicked on there and I was like and that was the week that the Essence interview was going viral Mm. that we took a, a clip from that and that went viral and then I clicked on that and I was like oh I seen a video with her and the video that I saw of you was something that your ex did that was so beautiful because out of everything that someone could provide for you, he provided Jonathan McReynolds singing to you. And I was like, this woman, out of everybody, this man has resources to bring anybody to come sing to his wife. And he brought jonathan McReynolds, reynolds because yes. you love jonathan McReynolds. love him and i said this woman has a heart for god i said this is deep so that <laughs> spoke volumes to me and i saw that video and i love jonathan so i was just worshiping along with him and i was like jonathan's one of the dopest he lyricists is. and he vocalists is. he's just he's freaking amazing and so um and so i watched that and i was like wow so then when she sent me the link i looked and i was like wow I I recognize her. So I said, so I comment and I said, this is the Terrace, the host of Dear Future Wifey podcast. I would love to have you uh, be on the podcast. He was like, is this really him? Am I being catfish? Hello. And I said, add me to the live. And you added me to the live. I did. And he was like, oh my God. And I was just like, wow, this is so powerful. Now, the reason why that resonated with me so much is because I never know who's watching the podcast. People don't understand. And I talk about this on the live before early on is that my insecurities could have prevented me from ever doing this podcast because I said, I don't want to be viewed as some relationship guru Mm -hmm. where I'm telling people how to get married, how to find this or whatever, which there's nothing that I do in my podcast. Mm -hmm. I said, God, all I really want to do, is just be transparent I just want to have thought-provoking conversations with people like I do with my own friends uh shout out to Rihanna over there we just sit down we talk about all things relationship Mm -hmm. and um I said that's all I want to do and I said I don't think people would tune into that or whatever he said the terrorist be you just just do that and I guarantee you it work I said well maybe I need to come up with a quote each episode I want to be able to drop this quote because I love the uh TV show Criminal Minds, and it always starts off with this great quote. And I said, I want to start off with a quote so I can be all deep. And then the episode opens up. He said, no, just just have the conversation. Like, But I need to do, just sit down and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, will that work? He said, I'm God, it will work. And I did that, and to see it take off like it has and for it to resonate with people, <clears throat> I get so many testimonies of people's marriages being healed from it, mm-hmm. people uh, loving themselves again. I get inbox messages where people said, you made me believe in love again. Mm-hmm. And when he gave me the the ending, that each episode end with me saying, and don't stop loving. And um, I didn't recognize, or I didn't even realize when I was casually saying that, that I was speaking life into people who would had who had given up on love. Mm-hmm. And um, and so for you to say that, you provided great reference and let me know that God was exposing what I was doing to people of greatness. Um, I look at you as being somebody of greatness because of how mm-hmm. you represent God and how you, you're you're unapologetic with it. And so I sat there and I got off that live with you and I sat, I was in the car. I'm trying not to get choked up, but I sat in the car, I said. Now, mind you, I just had a video go viral that same week. And then I was summoned on this live by my friend. And I'm sitting there and I was like, God, there's nothing too impossible for you. Like, God, that you can open up doors that no man can shut. You can shut doors that no man can open. And I end up creating a T-shirt Um a couple of weeks ago that says God is my publicist Mm -hmm. because I said no matter what that God can go out and do whatever in the midst of a pandemic you know what I'm saying and so I just said wow and so I just want to encourage you that as you continue to discover uncover and recover love for yourself that God gives you clear vision he gives you an he gives you the spirit of clarity so that you're able to see the heart of a man not by actions not by what he says but you're able to dig deep inside of him and see his heart and 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 let the God in you connect with the God in him and that's what's going to produce a godly relationship and that God doesn't send where the devil doesn't allow he's going to always send counterfeits we know that but God gives you a spirit of discernment to be able to recognize that early on so you you don't have your heart ensnared by the trap of the enemy Mm -hmm. that's what I speak over you. you I'm glad that you're still hopeful I'm glad that you're still resolute in your uh, ideology about love. You want to be married again. You want to have some beautiful babies. That's absolutely amazing. Um, what is the one thing that you want to see happen in your marriage? When you get married, what get is married. something that you want? She said, hold on. We said, in my marriage, time, am in
1: my current marriage. And I, I of, I'm leaving or the one I'm gone <laughs> from or the one I'm. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I'm going to
0: ask you that. I'm going to ask you that. The one you leaving. What would you like to see God do
1: a beautiful resolve,
0: a beautiful resolve? Yep. That's amazing.
1: That's what I want. I pray over it every day. What does that look like? I just say, God, I don't know what exactly this is going to look like. I don't know. I stop praying for what I want right. or what I desire or what I, you know, I want what you want for me, but God, I, I just praise you for the beautiful resolve. You
0: know, when I was going through my divorce, I told God to teach me how to divorce my wife with grace. Mm. I said, God, teach me how to divorce my wife with grace. Mm. And I said, and the way that I know that it it worked out is if after all the smoke clears and the dust settles, that we can still communicate and be cordial and be friends. Mm. And God has done that. The studio that we sit in right now, my ex-wife represented me. This was three years later after our divorce as the realtor who uh facilitate the transaction for me to have the studio and i said god you did it i said god you actually did it because i said i want to make sure i covered her i said i didn't cover her properly in the marriage but i said i can cover her on the exit and that sounds like contradictory statement but i watched god do it uh where she clearly understood why i was getting a divorce she clearly Mm -hmm. accepted it and it's peaceful it's absolutely peaceful. That's amazing. Um, what do you see for your 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 uh, future hubby?
1: I I just want to see somebody that, you know, first off, somebody that I feel like we we we're just teammates. We friends. Um, we're lovers. We're you know we 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 walk this thing together. I just want somebody that I feel like genuinely likes me and loves me. That's the key. Um, and I feel the same way about them and um, that we can. I mean, I would love a relationship that is centered on God and godly principles and we could worship. I thought, I thought it was so dope. I went to a, a, a actually Jonathan McReynolds concert. I went to a concert um, in Atlanta like mm. a, a, like a week week or two ago. And when I went, there was two men that were sitting in front of me. Well, four actually. It was two on one side, two on the, on the other side. And they were worshiping God. They weren't, it was just two men. They came together, right? And I'm watching them worship. And I said to myself, like, man, wouldn't that be something Mm -hmm. where I could worship like that? Like, just wildly worshiping and praying and speaking in tongues and doing, like, just getting caught up in God like that. Like we're both standing up dancing. Like we, we, we had some other type of concert, but we're dancing for God. It was like a revival. I was like, man, God, that would be, that would be something that would be, that would be, we, we, I'll really be a a world changer. You know what I'm Mm. saying? I believe I'm a world changer, but it'd be great to have somebody that also wants to be a world changer too.
0: All right. Well, um, Sam, yeah. how can people uh be in touch with you?
1: Well, y'all can follow me at Love at Love Samantha Lee, L-O-V-E, Samantha, S A M A N T H A, Lee, L E E. At Love Samantha Lee, I've got Miracle Mondays that I do um at 7 PM Eastern Standard Time. And then I also have I Was Her that I do on Thursdays um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I have a group called Power Up. If you guys want to be a part of that, it's a virtual group of women that we aggressively support each other. Um, and basically with no judgment, I want women to come on there and just, I think right now we've, we've been really isolated. And so there's a lot of women that just need that connectivity and just need that space to be honest and transparent. And, and hopefully that leads to healing. Um, and so I have power up. Um, and then I also have which you have to join through my Patreon, which that's a whole nother dialogue. Yeah. And then yeah. I have a fitness company, which is be your yeah, body goals.
0: Be yeah. your BG. Be your body goals. Be your body goals. I love it. I saw this dope commercial that y'all did on that. The guy did a great job uh, in the promo of that.
1: Yeah, really cool. Derek Blank. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, um, oh, that's who shot it. Okay. Yeah, Derek oh, Blank. Oh. Uh, but yeah, my my trainer and I, we started a program together called Be Your BG. It was it's based upon my actual journey into getting to the best shape of my life, and so um, people can come on. Um, and basically you follow the program I followed.
0: So people look at you and they may think you always been this fine, but you said you ain't been, you, you, No, actually I absolutely haven't. You, you was I like, feel like
1: I'm the baddest I've ever been Lord. And so, and so you went bad as I've way,
0: been, you went from what weight to what? Let the people know,
1: you know, I went from, so when I started with her in, I think it was July of 2020 or beginning of August, um, I was probably one. 150. I was like 160. I would say 160. Um, and I'm down to one twenty eight. So, um, but I'm went from being like 27% body fat percentage, which meant a lot to me. I was trying to get my body fat percentage down, um, down to 15, 16% body fat, which for a woman that's, um, you're getting into essential fat, which I don't want to get that that muscular, but I'm like right on the line of perfect balance athlete. So I'm considered body fat percentage wise. I'm an athlete. Um, so I love it. I love it. I try to maintain it. I love to eat though. It's very hard, (laughs) but nonetheless, we teach you guys that it's not it's progress not perfection. And we're not about, we have earned it meals. LJ and I cheat. We eat, (laughs) we like to eat. Um, and we don't we don't want to shame nobody or make them feel like they they can't live. Wow.
0: L J is the other girl that's in the video that I've seen. L
1: J is my trainer. She cut up. L J is my trainer. Yeah. She's American Ninja. Of, yeah. Do Ameri- I saw. I was like that girl cut up. I said she ripped. She was in the military. She did. If uh, <laughs> she was on a season of American Ninja Warrior, and she's a monster. Yeah. L J is a monster. But she that's my girl, man. That's my dog, and we we have that program together
0: love it man i love it when you when women take their talents and turn it into their industry and so hey y'all man make sure y'all support uh my buddy samantha lee she got a lot of programs watch her live you'll be blessed um just just an amazing thing so continue doing what you're doing queen uh, and um, I love it when you're talking about guys be up there talking about grand rise and
1: queen. But I have to say this. I have to say this. I'll be remiss if I don't. Um, I just love um, something that I identify with you that I've identified with you from the very beginning is that I really love how you've turned pain into purpose. Mm. And there was something about my season that there was people that came to my show, um, maybe curious about who I was or what was going on. And they found God. Mm. And they found, they I, I've, I've literally heard that, that they found God, that they found hope, that they found, they found a different kind of walk, a different kind of talk when it yes. came to seeing a woman have a relationship with God. And I think that you, when you came on and I heard your story and I understood your background because you start with it. And I was like, man, this is amazing that whoever you decide to be with is going to be in so tremendously blessed that there's a man that's unapologetic about his journey and healing and becoming a man of honor a man who's he who working very very hard to oh, become man. a man that he could be proud of on the other side side of saying i do again and i really really appreciate
0: that well you're not gonna make me cry we're gonna close out uh <laughs> y'all be blessed God see y'all because you about to make me emotional all right bye y'all do this.
1: <laughs> bye y'all uh, oh, deuce is pimping Discover, uncover, recover love with the new Dear Future collection. The journey starts from within. Let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition genuine leather journal. It features a cross stitched spine and luxurious cording to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available at dearfuturewife.com.
0: Man, that, that was that was quite interesting. I mean, I I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just gonna go ahead and read my little old letter right here. Ah, right, glory be to God. Here we go. Um dear future wifey, let your words of affirmations serve as covering, encouragement, and motivation to undergird my exploits and accomplishments. Speak to me. You know exactly what to say and when to say it. Your words will speak life into me. Through your utterance, rivers of living water will flow from your tongue, become rooted in my soul and spring forth destiny. Please note, I will not get married a third time. My second marriage will be until death do us part. Divorce is off the table. I've done the work to become a solid man to honor you in ways you haven't imagined. I will serve you. It is my duty to cultivate you into your God-given purpose. You've been so strong thus far. Now relax. I'll take it from here. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.